Pittsburgh. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Huge thanks for listening to this, the show where we get on the phone. Remember phone calls? Not just texts, not just DMs, but an hour-long phone call. We do that with a stranger, and what we do is we give you a little slice of life each week. We give you a glimpse into another person's life every single week, and you start to realize that we have so much in common and that we as a world are all just people going through human experiences. You get it. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Hey, I am officially begging you. If you are someone who plans on going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year, I'm in Scotland. I'm recording this in Scotland right now. I'm in a flat. I've been told not to call it an apartment. It's a flat in a place called Boddington, and it's lovely, but it's like a 40-minute walk to my venue, which is the Gilded Balloon Teviot, and I'm there every night, 6 p.m., which I think you call 1800, doing my new show, A Father and the Son, and you will like it. It's uh, got a lot of funny jokes in it, and then a, a real a couple real huge turns that are gut punches. And then if you are in town, August 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, Edinburgh, I'll be at Assembly George Square Studios doing live tapings of Beautiful Anonymous those four nights. So uh, this this festival, if you don't know the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, it's it's huge and beautiful and an inspiring arts haven. And as an artist, there's nothing better, but man, is it a daunting thing. And it's scary to think about how much you got to uh, sell tickets and it's on you every night. So I'm begging you, if you're out there and you're hearing this and you're a fan, come to the show, come to a taping, come to both. I would be so grateful if you did. ChrisGeth.com for the links to all those tickets. This week's episode, it's funny, you know, Last week we had our guy who's just a really positive guy who's been through some stuff. This kind of follows a trend of like another young person who's positive, but you'll see this one probably goes to some extremes more. Um, Our caller is an artist. Our caller talks a lot about things they've done that are illegal, talks about different substances they've experienced. And uh, it's pretty intense, but she's pretty cool. She's gone to some places that I haven't gone to in terms of those life experiences, but she's also really open about it. She also tells us about a, an ex, and you're, I won't even say anything about the ex because you'll just hear me flip out during the episode. Anyway, this was a live one from the uh, great new comedy space, Bottle Rocket in Pittsburgh. Bottle Rocket's a, a fantastic venue. It was, this was the first show they ever did, was this taping of Beautiful Anonymous. Greatly enjoyed it. Greatly enjoyed the Pittsburgh audience and the caller. Hope you enjoy the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Holy fuck. <laughs> I want to be in a weird basement with velvet walls. Oh, you heard all that, huh? This isn't a basement, but sure man, does it feel like one? It feels like a basement, but it's not well, a basement. Sorry to mislead you like kind. that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great space, though. Great space. If you're, ever in, if you're ever in Pittsburgh, and this goes for everybody listening, you stop by, you have a drink at Bottle Rocket, and you tell them Gethard said hi. I don't know when I'll ever be in Pittsburgh, but I will keep that in mind. Okay. Is that, and is that because of your life circumstance yeah, or do you have yeah. something against Pittsburgh? I definitely don't have anything against Pittsburgh. I just don't foresee myself like in that area anytime soon, which, you know, isn't a bad thing. I just only been to Pennsylvania once. So. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's Might fair. be time to go back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, they'd love to have you. It yeah. Like. They'd love to have you. So what's your story? Well, um, first of all, I just want to say I'm way more nervous than I thought I would be. I always hear people say that they are nervous when they get on the phone, and I'm like, why? It's just it's just freaking Chris. Like, we're basically best friends at this point, I feel like. Um, I've been listening to you for years, 
And I called only a handful of times and it just like worked out on the first, first call this time. So I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. Nice. Well, no need to be nervous. Uh, these people in Pittsburgh yeah. got your back. They seem happy you're on the line and I'm happy you're on the line. So yeah. sweet. I am also very happy to be on the line. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess we could just start off with like my current situation. Maybe that'll get us into some interesting stories. We got to keep this keep this entertaining, I guess, for the crowd that hasn't ever listened to the podcast. Um, I am about to do a big move. I was actually packing when I called. Um, I just finished my master's degree um, and I'm on my way home for a few months. So it's pretty exciting. That's cool. What's your master's degree? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I got a master's of fine arts. Um, I'm a painter. Uh, primarily oil painting. That's uh, that's pretty badass. Oil painting. How much does a master's degree yeah. in oil painting cost? Well, <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, I actually was granted a tuition, or a, I guess it would be called a teaching assistantship. So I actually got through school for free, which was pretty rad. Um, but in order to like, I guess, cover tuition, I basically worked for the university. So not only was I uh, doing my own research, my own classes, I also taught classes and I uh, was a teaching assistant for some of the other professors. And it, so then it just like worked itself out and covered my tuition. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And what kind of, I got, so, and are yeah. most of the jobs that you look for then, are you then on a track of teaching? Are you looking for more teaching jobs or do you get out there and do you try to become a professional oil painter? Um, yeah. So I would say that with an MFA, um, teaching is probably the most like prominent thing people will use that degree for. Um, I didn't necessarily want to go into education immediately just because I'm not trying to get stuck anywhere. I kind of like to like travel and my plan was to just fuck off to Europe after all this, but we're not, not sure if that's going to happen yet. Um, but I did just apply for a teaching, a one-year teaching position. So it would be good for the resume and then maybe save some money up and then actually get to get to go just, I don't know, fuck off, I guess. <laughs> You're really intent on fucking off at some point, huh? That's really a big major goal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Yeah, and but not to Pittsburgh. Anywhere but Pittsburgh. <laughs> You're totally down to fuck off, no. but God forbid you ever step foot in Pittsburgh. <laughs> No, I don't, don't twist it like that, Chris. I, w- I have nothing against Pittsburgh. I one time hooked up with a guy that had a pee tattooed on his face, and I assumed it was for Pittsburgh, but that's, that's about the only connection I have. Hold on, with, I just want to make sure it, so. you said a pee tattooed onto his face? <laughs> yeah. Like the Pittsburgh pirate yeah. pee on his face? Yeah, yeah, I think so, Yeah. So, on his I mean, face. You know? Wow, this crowd is officially <laughs> on your side. You should hear the amount of chatter Hell in this yeah. room. There's so many people right now turning to each other like, yeah, I've hooked up with a guy with a pee on his face. Oh, shit. <laughs> when you hook up Amazing. with a can I ask you, and I'm not trying to be lewd, when you hook up with a guy who has a tattoo yeah. on his face, are you bracing yourself for a different hookup experience than, the, than normal? <laughs> I'm asking that seriously. I feel like a guy like that. It's probably intense. (laughs) I think that was just like in the phase of like uh, self-destruction. I was like, what more can I do? You know, it lined up. (laughs) That's fair. Okay. That's fair. So you're going to teach for a little while and you're going to go fuck off. And what's the end goal? I, 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 I do ask just artist to artist. I'm very fascinated by painting. Um, and I wonder your perspective on yeah. this because um, it seems like most of the people who are most famous as far as painters go are dead. They're dead people. <laughs> and a lot of times that they, yeah. are, they are dead before they get 
renowned, right? Like it's, it's more rare to have a famous painter who's living and cranking out paintings. It's usually after they're dead. That's a, that's a daunting art form to get into. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so wait, what is the question? Are you asking me if I'm going to be famous before I'm dead? No, I guess just like, I guess being that you are both someone who pursues your own art in this field and you have taught other students who are pursuing art in this field, it must be something you talk mm -hmm. about. How do you have a career as a painter, I guess, is the question. I ask that not in a reductive way because I'm an artist myself and I know that I slug out a career, but I, I'm just in a, a field where I know where the gigs are. I could, I'm sure there might be mm -hmm. gigs out there, but how do you have a career in this field? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think that's just the question for everybody. Honestly, I don't see myself being able to support myself solely on painting, um, in the near future. I've, you know, I always have like a, a part-time job serving or, you know, uh, food service. I grew up in a restaurant, so I'm pretty comfortable with that situation. But I mean, I guess the goal is to try to get out there and show my work and just, you know, it's not, for me, it's not totally about being famous or, um, you know, being super well known, but I would like people to see my work and I want to share it. And I feel like it has a lot to say. Um, and so when I can get that to connect with somebody, that's like pretty important to me. And then if I can get a big ass sale on it, then, you know, so be it. <laughs> not a bad thing. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, my, my goal is to eventually be able to live off of my work, but I'm okay with um, that not happening immediately. I've just seen a lot. I've seen a lot of people fall off the wagon, I guess, after graduate school and stop showing their work and stop trying to be in things. And that's something I need to make sure I don't do because, you know, if you stop, it's really hard to get back into that momentum. Who are your favorite artists? Ooh. Um, so my favorite living artist actually right now, um, there's Jenny Morgan. Shout out Jenny Morgan. She's a painter in New York. Um, I believe she's from Utah. Um, also Aaliyah Chapin. She's also a figurative painter in Seattle. Um, and then it's cliche as, as it is. Uh, she's not alive anymore, but Georgia O'Keeffe shouts the goat right there. The goat, and also painted goat heads, right? Was that her too? Yeah, yeah. Come. She painted a lot of skulls, lots of uh, flowers that looked like vaginas, yeah. you know, very Southwest. I said goat head, but I was thinking vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, close enough. Let's pause right there. Because, you know, sometimes people will say to me, like, oh, Chris, you're really, like, smart on the show. Or, like, you're very emotionally in tune with people. You give people so much emotional breathing room. And those are compliments that uh, mean a lot to me. But then sometimes I hear myself say things like, I said goat head, but I was thinking vaginas. Anyway, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Thanks to all of our advertisers. You are how we keep this show going. Thanks so much. And now let's get back to the phone call. I mean, close enough. How do you feel about folk art? Do you know this guy, Henry Darger? Um, I do not. I'm not familiar with that name. Now, I'll tell you, visual art. It's I mean, I like folk art. I grew up. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go. You grew up with folk art. I mean, I just grew so I'm just going to say I grew up in the Southwest, so I grew up around a lot of folk art, a lot of folk art museums, and I mean, I like it. I'm just, it's not like my, like what I'm really into, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy, Henry Darger, he was in Chicago, and he was kind of like this neighborhood, like the neighborhood kids were all kind of scared of him, and he was a hermit, and he was, I think he was a janitor at a local school. And when he was on his deathbed, his landlords went into his uh, 
apartment they'd never really visited. And I guess they maybe had to get some paperwork, if I remember right. And they went in and realized he had written mm-hmm. he had written the longest novel in the world. It's true. And then he illustrated it with all these huge watercolors that were like like three feet high by like 12 feet long. And there were just dozens and dozens of them all depicting the battle of the Vivian girls versus this alien. So this like Mm. family of girls he made up versus this alien race. These pictures are trippy. I think he's my favorite artist, but mostly for the story. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. It's an appropriate response. It's an important. Okay, we've got our first round of feedback. Do you want our first uh, feedback of the night? Yeah, I'm a little scared, but let's uh, hear it. No worries at all. Um, we have Flaming Kitten saying, "Hell yes, caller, travel as much as possible." We have MJ Anderson saying, "Go pens." We have um, someone named Bronco Henry wants to know if you <laughs> hooked up with Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> Oh, no. No, unfortunately. Tattoo on the no. face. I guess people were guessing. People were making guesses. That so, makes sense. I, I can see that. So you got the MFA. Teach a little bit. Go fuck off. What else do I need mm-hmm. to know? What else do I need to know about this voice on the phone? Um. Well, let's see. This year, this last year was like freaking hard it was like I mean I don't want to like bring the mood down but I feel like you know just this whole last I started grad school um in August of 2020 so I moved like 20 hours from home and I like just started over during like you know the middle of the pandemic and man these last two years were really difficult and I finally feel like I'm uh you know coming out of it and especially the last year, man, I think I've cried more in the last year than I've cried my entire life. Yeah. But it's like, it's all over and the sun is out again. And it's like, yes, I do. Freaking I did it. I have to say, I really applaud that you were like, last year's been hard. I don't want to bring the room down. As if all of us didn't already know that the last year's been hard. <laughs> I like if there's anybody out there like yeah. in the live crowd right now going like, wait, what happened in the last year? Holy shit. No one like then you don't have to worry about that. Um, I'm sorry to hear that you've cried yeah. more in the last year than you have in your, the rest of your life. That's a bummer. It's okay. You know, it happens. And honestly, I feel like if I wasn't so sad, my artwork wouldn't have been as good as it, it turned out oh, for my, shit. for my end of my thesis. Get you know cocky. Tell me about it. So, so you were able to channel all the rage and the tears into your artwork to the point where you're now on the phone with me and a bunch yes. of strangers in Pittsburgh. Like I rocked my shit at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't want to be cocky, but I'm just like, I, you know, I, it's just, I'm really proud of what just happened. And it's like, I feel like if I wasn't that sad or didn't go through what was happening, it's like, where would have this inspiration come from? You know, I have like a cute little cat, but I don't think that would have like, you know, yeah, that don't get you a master's degree. Like, nah. So what was it about your art where you were like, Oh, this is hitting another level. What was it? Like when you step back and look at it, how are you Um, channeling the rage and the pain into the paint? (laughs) I just, I, I mean, I made a really big body of work. I made like, there's four, uh, portraits I did and they're five feet by five feet. And then above those, I did these three, uh, six feet by 30 inch panels. And so they like all went together on one wall. And I guess the, the thing that really, I was like, damn, that's like hit home for me. And like a lot of my family is like the portraits were of, um, four women in my family. So it was myself, both my grandmothers and my mom. And I did all these portraits in black and white and I paired them with um, landscapes that I associated with them, plants that I associated with each person, a whole color scheme. And I had just, it was just wild to me to picture this and then execute the whole thing over like six months. So I guess 
that's why I'm like, damn, like it's like the first time I've really pictured something that big and followed through with the whole thing, I guess. Gotta say an audio medium like podcasting. Some people might say what you don't want to do is talk to a visual artist and just have them verbally describe their art. But I think you did it well and it <laughs> sounds pretty badass. And it must have it must have made your mom cry, huh? Oh yeah, dude. She cried so much. So like <laughs> how how um how meaningful is that for you when your mom starts crying looking at your portrait of her? Yeah, uh, it was it was really good. It was like I, I, she's a crier and I definitely inherited that from her clearly, but I mean, it was just really meaningful for her to see him in person because, you know, she had to come out here and uh, travel to see him. And I don't know, it just felt like it needed to happen. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. We've got um, Kay Flaming Kittens is reassuring you. Call her the last year has been a crying year for all of us. Um, Tim, uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh is my, the, some of this feedback is already, I can't tell if people in Pittsburgh are really, really funny or so genuine in like, in a way that is warming my heart. <laughs> Tib says, stay hydrated with all the crying. Um, <laughs> flaming uh. kitten follows back up with, holy shit, caller. Those are some big paintings, which I like. <laughs> And then someone who goes by the very charming name of Pee-wee's Big Naturals says, sell me a painting of the cat. Pee-wee's Big Naturals wants to just buy a cat painting from... What if, that, what if it leads to just you selling paintings of your cat because of this podcast? Honestly, you know, I'd probably be okay with it. He's pretty cute. <laughs> so when you're not painting and you're if not... It, the, you know, make some money... Yeah, well, that's what life's all about, right? Is the money. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you're not painting and you're not dreaming of your European mm -hmm. adventures, what fills in the gaps? Um, I go to a lot of, like, concerts, a lot of... I really enjoy music. Um, you know, I, used, I was doing a lot of festivals, before the pandemic, I started to live paint at festivals. Um, so that was taking up some time. Um, and then with school, yeah, I just, I haven't done a whole lot. And then also like the world was shut down. So, you know, but now that things are opening back up, been going to concerts a bit more. And honestly, I would say that's about it. <laughs> now I did just come back from a really dope, um, road trip down to uh, a big national park. So that was pretty sweet. That's cool. Are you, can I ask, between the festivals and your general vibe, I mean mm -hmm. no insult by that, but I'm just asking. It's anonymous. <laughs> you can say what you want or you can dodge it if you want. Are you a drug person? Yeah. Do you enjoy a good drug? Um, <laughs> I do. I, I do like drugs. <laughs> You I would love say drugs. though that <laughs> um, it depends on the drugs. I'm very particular these days. I was pretty freaking wild in my early twenties. Um, sorry, mom, if you listen to this, but yeah, well, I've, I've definitely mellowed out in the last couple years. Thank God. Let's get into it. What are the best drugs? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I think it just depends on the person, to be honest. Like, well, so let's see. I feel like psychedelics can be very beneficial for a lot of people, but that's, I actually can't, I haven't done psychedelics in probably like six or seven years now, which kind of bums me out because I almost feel like they might help me a little bit, you know, like therapeutically. Um, so, you know, those are good for people. I mostly just smoke weed these days, which is great, but barely, yeah. that's barely even a drug anymore, that. right? They legalized it in Jersey. Yeah, that's, yeah If it's not. legal in Jersey, then it's pretty much not even a drug. That's true. Like if my that's neighbor true. Nancy across the street can go buy it, that's barely, that's not even really a drug anymore. <laughs> Nancy's the best, by the way. She listens to the show. Shout out to Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Nancy. 
So you're a big psychedelics yeah, fan. I've never, I, mean, I never intentionally messed with psychedelics. I took them by accident once and had the scariest night of my life. Not the scary, one of the scary. I, I, yeah. I, I, in one of my handful of phases where I fell off the wagon, I took one thing. It turned out it was another thing, and I started hallucinating. So what I did was I went back to my room. I was at a festival performing, and I went back to my room, and I looked at pictures of peacocks all night long. <laughs> And then I took a shower, and I got to say, it was the coolest fucking shower I ever had. I started telling myself I can make the walls turn colors if I look at them long enough, and then I'd be like, blue. And then I'd look at it until it turned blue. And it really happened. I was like, this is pretty fun. Although I, don't, I also feel like um, yeah. I can't stand up straight at any – like I felt physically very weird, and I didn't love the experience because it was <laughs> unintentional. But the peacocks were – I didn't yeah. realize that peacock feathers all look like so many eyes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's kind of i I'll, I'll just say it i'll just go ahead and say it my drug of choice for like a while there was cocaine which was like not great and um i do have my regrets but you know everything turned out okay i'm doing fine now Caller, not, not only, um, you don't have to apologize. You're just being honest. And I will tell you, someone in the second row just let out the most joyful yell in support of cocaine. <laughs> like, in, in, like in the way that if I mentioned like the Steelers right now or the Penguins, like I could bring up Mario Lemieux right now and the crowd would be like, woo! With the, and this woman did oh, cocaine shit. at a Mario Lemieux-like level. <laughs> so there's at least you know, one other I cocaine fan never okay. done cocaine well, myself fair. I assume I would be unbearable on cocaine <laughs> I would not want to see me on cocaine yeah yeah I don't know man um, it's that good huh I mean I guess I could tell you the story of like why I don't do psychedelics anymore. That's a pretty wild story, I guess. All right, I'm into it. Okay, okay. So let's see. I was, I think I was like 20, barely. And I was out in the middle of this desert, right, at a, at a, a, a music show, a concert. And it was like very strange electronic music. Um, and I had just been like getting into this like music scene sort of, and I had like done LSD maybe like, I don't know, four or five times at this point. Um, and just like little amounts. Right. And so I'm at this concert with my boyfriend at the time and one of my best friends and my friend, like, okay, so let me just set up the scene real quick. We're at the, we're in a desert, just the freaking, it's just the desert. There's like a little amphitheater, there's people just like rolling around in the dirt and like getting real weird. And I'm pretty sober. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is a lot. And my friend was like, we are way too fucking sober for this. I'm going to find us some acid. And I was like, okay. And um, pretty soon he comes up and he's like, oh, I saw this guy like with like dropping something into his beer, like this liquid. And I asked him if he, we could, pay him for a hit each. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Like, you know, I'm 20. I don't give a shit. I'm like, just put what, put it in my body. I literally don't care. And um, <clears throat> so this man dressed kind of like, he's got like Mad Hatter vibes, like a, a paisley, like shiny purple blazer. And like, I think he had a top hat on. I don't really, in my head, he has a top hat on. And um, this guy, like, you know, is, it's like a little, you know, just like a tincture dropper. And he puts a drop in my friend's mouth. And then, like, I open my mouth and he pours one in my mouth. And, okay, so this is liquid LSD, which is, like, a lot more potent than if you were to, like, take a tab. Well, I, as soon as it hit my tongue, I instantly, like, had this gut-wrenching feeling. And I was like, oh, yep. Yeah. This is bad. This is like really bad. And there was so much liquid in my mouth. I could feel it like drip down my tongue, which knowing what little I did know about acid, I knew that was way too fucking much acid in my mouth. And yep, sure as shit, like, I don't know, 40 minutes later, I'm like kind of starting to freak out a little bit. 
like I just have this intense anxiety and I'm like, okay. And my friends are having a great time. They're making friends with like some random dudes from Oklahoma. I don't even know how they got there. And I'm like trying to figure out how to escape over this fence in the back of this yard because I did not for the life of me want to walk through the brewery or this like this venue we were at to get back to the car. (laughs) And so anyway, long story short, I'm sitting there freaking out and I finally look at my boyfriend and I'm like, dude, I'm freaking the fuck out. And he's like, let's go get a smoothie. And I'm like, yeah, because a smoothie is going to like make me not trip balls right now. (laughs) And so we go up to the smoothie tent and the guy making smoothies is dressed like Jesus and he's covered in glow sticks. And by this point, I'm having like very intense visual hallucinations. And like I look up and Jesus is like fish-eyed lens in my face blending like just my soul in this blender and I was just like nope nope I'm fucking I'm done and uh, I ended up in the parking lot my boyfriend took me to the parking lot and I rolled around in the dirt for like a half hour maybe it couldn't like function and then I called my dad (laughs) I called my dad at like 1am and told him what was going on and luckily that man is an angel and uh, talked me down and I didn't totally like lose my shit that night. But that's basically why I will not do psychedelics anymore. Now that's a hell of a story caller. Well done. Well done. Thank you. You called your dad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have someone named Brooke saying, I don't do uh, psychedelics anymore for similar reasons. I'm so sorry. The food vendors are the scariest part of festivals. Uh, Flaming Kitten says, this tracks so much for a hallucination experience. Matt says, you bought your drugs from Willy Wonka. Wow. Has your dad ever let you, um, ever let you live that down? Was he cool about it? Did he understand? Um, yeah, he totally understood. He's like, he's pretty much an old hippie. Um, and I've heard a lot of his, his stories from his experiences with drugs back in the day. So it just like, I was like, okay, I know that he knows like what's happening and <sighs> like, you know, could like, and he was within driving distance, like a couple hours away. So it just felt like good to know, like somebody who's sober knew what was going on because in my world, it was literally the end of time. <laughs> like the earth was trying to eat me. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it was just very comforting. <laughs> That's good. Dad stepped up. That's awesome. It's, yeah. uh, I tell you a few years yeah. ago, I would have done that and I'd be like joking around and now, but now I am a dad. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, ah, don't make too many jokes mm-hmm. because if my son is ever in that boat, I want him to call me too and I'll drive to him and I'll get him mm-hmm. and I will shake my head and I will go, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so you said yeah. these psychedelics are too intense for me. I just need to do something a lot more chilled out like cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know, at least I like being in control. I've discovered about like, especially recently, I've kind of almost discovered it to a fault that I like being in control. And with like um, uppers, that was something that I liked about it. You know, whereas with psychedelics, I I would try to fight it. Yeah. It was just, it just wasn't, you know? Yeah. I'm with you. That idea of you give away control and you're not sure, let alone to some asshole who's dressed in like a velvet purple jacket. No offense if anybody here in the crowd wore their purple velvet jacket tonight. Um, But you're like, right, once it starts going bad and you're like, well, I'm the one who trusted that guy. Oh, God. Here we Mm -hmm. go. Here we go. Wow. Wow. Yep. This feels awkward all of a sudden. Are you feeling that too? Yeah. Why? What is it? Yeah, sort of. Should I tell another story? I don't know. Did I scare everyone? No, I I think everybody's with you. I think everybody's got your back. I don't think you scared everybody. Everybody's been through their own version (laughs) of it. 
They got music festivals in Pittsburgh, yeah. I think. Oh, no, that's that's the only reason I've ever been to Pennsylvania was for a music festival. So. What what music festival? You know? Resonance. Resonance. What kind of music is Anybody? that? <laughs> like, uh, mostly electronic or, like, jam bands, which I'm not, like, totally a fan of jam bands, but they had some really good like bass music artists on there. So I was like, fuck it. We're driving 23 hours. You drove 23 hours to Ooh, come see a bunch There's a good story of... about drugs in that festival. Uh, Sorry, I'm, what? I'm listening. Oh, okay. Well, I guess since this is the theme now, um, I did drive 23 hours to Pennsylvania one time to see one of my favorite uh, music artists. And I K-holed myself on accident and oh. missed the entire set. So that was a bummer. So you said um, you K-holed yourself. Uh, now for really glad I'm out of this phase of my life. Yeah, God bless you for being able to sit here and tell me the stories instead of just being in a K-hole. <laughs> now, for anybody listening who's not familiar, I've, I've never done, uh, I've never been in a K-hole. I've never done ketamine. That is my understanding is that uh, that is if you do too much ketamine, right, you can go into something called the K-hole. And ketamine, I think, is an animal yeah. tranquilizer that people use. And the K-hole, I've been told, is not mm -hmm. a fun thing. No, it's like, no, I don't even, I, that was like a first time for me. And it was, I, I don't really want to get into all this shit, I guess, but it was just like, yeah, I basically just like sat on the ground for like the entire set I drove to see cause I accidentally like mixed up my, <laughs> mixed up my drug. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> but, um, the lady in the second row yeah. just went, Oh, <laughs> When you mix up your drugs and now you're in the K-Hole. You drive yeah. 23 hours and that concert gets fucked up. That, that drive home sucks, huh? Yeah, dude. Well, it was a three-day festival, so I luckily got to see that artist again the next day. So it wasn't too bad, <laughs> but it was just like comical at that point that I was like, yeah, this is, this is definitely how my 20s are going. Wow. There's a pause right there. K-Hole. Never been in a K-hole, thank God. That always sounded like a scary thing to me. I'm gonna take a deep breath, think about that. And I'm also gonna think about the goods and products and services that might enrich my life. Maybe, maybe some of these ones you're about to hear about will do the same for you. Once again, thanks to all of our advertisers. Now let's go ahead, we're gonna finish off the phone call. This is, this is definitely how my 20s are going. Yeah. That's, this yeah. is how my 20s are going. Drive 23 hours straight into the K-hole. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Wow. So have you slowed down with the drugs? Do you feel like once you get back into the concert scene, they're going to be as big of a factor, or was that something in your past? Um, I definitely have slowed down. I think, honestly, as shitty as the pandemic has been, it helped me kind of realize what, what I was doing. Um, uh, because, I mean, the scene, the music scene stopped pretty much. And I had always told myself that, you know, I was, I wasn't, I didn't have a problem because I was just using it to party. And then I realized I was just partying a lot, you know, um, and then when it stopped, <clears throat> I had to kind of take a look back and see what I had, what I was doing. And I feel like I was always pretty aware of kind of the destruction I was causing to myself. But I am thankful that that I was able to separate myself and kind of see the bigger picture because that's not what I wanted to do. Like it's not where I wanted my life to go. And then I got into grad school that the, you know, that same year. And I really got more serious about my work and being successful. And it's, I mean, pretty much the partying is pretty much non-existent at this point. I've met friends that, you know, can go have a casual drink and just like hang out, which was like a new thing for me because <laughs> most of my older friends were pretty balls to the wall when it came to having a drink. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm 
totally in a better place. And I don't think that it will get super crazy again once music festivals start coming back, just because I feel like I'm in a completely different mindset. Um, and I don't know. I just don't want to do that again. There's a lot of heartache that comes with that kind of shit. And I don't want to do it again, you know? Yeah, I can tell you, now that I'm putting all the puzzle pieces together, what an intense stretch of life to go from being somebody who partied all the time and all of a sudden you've got this sobriety and you're just crying in a room painting 10-foot-tall portraits of three <laughs> generations of the women in your family. That's a weird, that's a couple weird, that's a real purge right there. You're getting some feelings up in that stretch of yeah. life, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty wild. Yeah, when you're like replacing ketamine with like, I have to figure out what landscape to pair with my maternal grandmother <laughs> on this 10 foot tall stretch of my thesis. <laughs> that was your life first stretch there, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty weird to like look at that because I feel like, you know, I'm still going through it and it's like just the immediate past. And now that I can't, it is just past enough that I can look at it like that in like one timeline. It's like, damn, that's pretty trippy actually. You know? Yeah. And I've always, I've always felt like I'm running out of time my whole life. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I just have always felt like I don't have enough time. And I, I feel like now at this point, I've kind of come to realize like, dude, I'm still like pretty young and people can do things like, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. And it's just like, I don't know why I was so afraid of running out of time and I needed to be successful like, right now, right now. But now it's like kind of this, more, I have more clarity about it. It's pretty neat. Are you still, are you, you're in your late twenties now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm 27. Yeah. I remember, I tell you, because on uh, my birthday is on Monday, I'll turn 42. So you don't need to cheer the age of 42, everybody. It's kind of you, but what, yes. a, what a non, not unimpressive age to turn. But it, I tell you, call, and I don't know if anybody else is like I'm in my age range in the room in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, but I will tell you, if you're like me, there's this weird thing where I identify so much with you. I remember in my twenties, like I'm, I, there, there's not, there is limited time. I got to get shit done. I got to make it happen. I'm going to put pressure on myself. There's going to be all this anxiety. And then somewhere around the age of 38, I was like, "Are we still doing this fucking shit? Like, was it? And now what? I just hang out until I die." 40 more years from now all I have is fucking time and it sucks life is so long like why is medicine so good I'm supposed to be a great grandfather at the age of 42 like I'm supposed to be dead our lifespans are supposed to be like 44 like what the fuck I'm still relatively at the first half of this endless fucking nightmare that is life i gotta keep figuring out how to get fucking health insurance in this nightmare country for 40 more fucking years when does it stop all i have is time and i had no middle ground where things felt right it went it was like what and for all my life i was like you i was like i gotta get up i gotta make moves i gotta figure some shit out i gotta keep i gotta work hard i gotta hustle if i want to be an artist i better i better fucking put in the time the effort this and that and then one day i was just like, oh my God, I wish, like, I don't want to indicate in any way that I'm suicidal because I'm not. And I used to have those feelings and those were scary and those were real. And this is much more jokes. Now it was more just mm -hmm. like looking at my watch, like, wow, well, the much fuck longer <laughs> do I got to keep doing shit? Just shit in general. I got to keep doing shit. I got to eat breakfast every day for 40 more years. I'm going to make my bed every day. Take showers and shit. This is so boring. I've done it so many times. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that. I'm like, wow. Got a lot more of that to come, I guess. I hope you find a healthier middle Hopefully. ground. I hope you find a healthy middle ground between yeah. between um, cocaine and me just sitting around tapping my foot as if life is a fucking <laughs> bus stop where the bus is late, and that's life. 
Yeah, I, I, I hope I find one too because it's, uh, yeah. Uh, Flaming Kitten says, I think so. I think, like, I think the middle ground might be like fucking off to Europe. I think that's yes. a good middle ground. Let's talk more about this. So, this is really something that's in your head. What are your plans for this? What, 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 is, yeah. this, what is this trip going to be? Because it keeps coming up. What's the plan here? What's the goal? Yeah. Well, there's not like a total plan, but like, um, April of 2020, I was set to go to a painting seminar in Italy. And then I was supposed to, well, it was like a 10 day seminar. And then I was going to backpack by myself from Southern Italy up to Switzerland and like do Switzerland. And then, you know, the world fell apart um, and that got canceled. And so I just, I need to, you know, redeem that. There's not like a total total plan i'm hoping maybe i'll find like some european man or something that'll like i don't know love me or at least like hang out with me and then you know just check out switzerland seems pretty neat you said you want to find a european man to love you or at least arouse you (laughs) i said hang out but you know oh you said hang out did anyone else here arouse yes (laughs) Most of the crowd just <laughs> shouted no and quietly thought that I was a pervert. Yeah, yeah well. I had a friend who... Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a friend who's a musician, and she's so funny, and she's so cool. My friend Carrie Ann. And ever since I met her, I've just always thought she was, like, the most badass free spirit. She makes me laugh hard. And she does a thing where she goes to Europe... And she doesn't really plan the trip, but she'll go on the dating apps before she goes. And she, like, geolocates <laughs> it, I guess. I don't know. The apps weren't around by the time I was with my wife. Um, but she, like, meets people and lines up dates. And she's like, it's great. I, like, get to go to local restaurants with people who know what they're talking about. And these people bring me around. And then if we hit it off, we get to, you know, if things happen and we're feeling it, that's great. Mm-hmm. But it's a great way to see Europe is, like, with locals who you're going on dates with. I'm like, you are a hilarious, badass person using dating services as your travel agent. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah, honestly, it's a great idea. I know I don't want all the listeners out there all of a sudden doing that and then somebody meets a creep and blames me, okay? A lot of creeps out there. And by there, I mean Europe specifically. (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot of creeps everywhere, I think. It's true, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, hold on. What is this? Dude, I'm not joking. I think you were going on that Italy trip with my mother-in-law? <laughs> Wait, Matt, do you really think the caller knows your mother-in-law? <laughs> Matt, what does this mean? Oh, no, Matt doesn't want to tell me more. Was the caller, was this a group trip? This was a group? Um, No, well, the painting painting seminar was like a group thing, and then I was just going to go backpack by myself. Wait, Matt, are you really telling me that your mother-in-law was involved in a Southern Italian painting seminar in April of 2020 that also got canceled? (laughs) They got theirs got postponed and they're going in two weeks. Was that yours as well, caller? Um, no, I think ours got like canceled for good. That's a bummer. As far as I'm aware. Still one spot. Matt's got the hookup if you want it. Caller, you want me to hook you up? This guy's got a mother in law. He's married. He's got good intentions. This is not some this is let's go. You wanna just go to Italy with this guy, Matt? Yeah. Yeah? Matt, how serious yeah, are we not? about that spot being free? As long as he's not a Pisces, because I know too many master Pisces. Yeah, Matt, get in touch with the info later. Wait, and Matt, caller, you said as long as Matt, Matt, are you a Pisces? <laughs> Taurus. Matt's a Taurus. How do, how do we feel about Taurus, gentlemen? Okay. We're good. We're good. We're good? Okay. How do you feel about Geminis? Yeah. I'm, right yeah, on, I'm a Gemini, right on the cusp of Taurus. Um, I think they, I feel like they get like a bad rep. I mean, honestly, I'm not like that into it. My like risings in Gemini. So I don't know what that means, but 
you know, sounds cool. I'm a Scorpio, though, and they're, they're the best, and I will stand by that for the rest the of my life. The cocaine lady so. is also a Scorpio. The cocaine lady is also a Scorpio. Hell yeah, it makes so much sense now. Is that a thing? Are Scorpios known for liking cocaine? Probably. I don't know. I think I just like like to be uh, in charge. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We've got uh, Sam is saying, uh, rec- recommends the dating app as travel agent, especially in Pittsburgh. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> And, okay. and Matt is not kidding. Matt, Matt tweeted me that there is a spot open in that trip. Um, so call it, maybe. I mean, yeah. All right. Sounds like an adventure. Caller, we got 15 minutes left. Yeah, it's so wild. We've talked by fast, doesn't it? We've talked for 45, 15 left. With that 15 minutes, what else should we get on record here? Hmm. Um, well, I could tell you about my summer, my last, my last summer I had that started the whole uh, being sad for a year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so just about talk. It also connects to the dating app. So we'll just bring that all together. Um, I met this guy on Tinder right before I left for summer break, and I was planning on going and uh, living with my family for three months and working. And I met this like beautiful man that just like checked off all of my my like. And, you know, my boxes, and then I, like, like, okay, okay. So, basically, I ended up just, like, canceling my entire summer plans, and I moved into an RV with a man that sells crystals for a living and has a pet rabbit and, uh, like, went to Montana. It was really weird. You said you wound up in Montana with the crystal man? (laughs) Yeah, and a pet rabbit. Yeah. Oh, he's and for so... anyone listening out there, rabbits, uh, pet rabbits are a red flag. FYI. How come? What is it about a pet rabbit that wound up being such a such a nightmare? You know, I think it's just the personality of the owner. Sorry if anyone has rabbits out there, but keep that in mind. So, how long had you known this guy before you moved into the RV and said, "Yeah, I'll go to Montana with you and your rabbit to sell some crystals." <laughs> Um, like three weeks, I think. How long did you wind up in this RV? (laughs) How did I wind up in the RV? How long? How long did this go down? Oh, okay. Um, I was in the RV for most of the summer. I think probably like three-ish, two to three months. Um, we took a br- like a break from the RV and went and visited my parents for a couple weeks. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was some shit. There was no air conditioning. Oh, very oh. hot. No air conditioning <laughs> and a rabbit. Yeah, yeah dude. Bad combo. It was, yeah, it was interesting. How does this relationship end? But, yeah, that ended very poorly yeah okay oh, yeah, yeah same page same page well because mm-hmm. right when you're in well, yeah when you take the rv into montana this isn't this is a desolate place you're a little bit stranded out there yeah. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it? it actually surprisingly didn't end in montana um it ended when we got back to where i was going to school and he got like a little flaky and he left for like a week and went to a festival and I was getting ready for school and he came back and gave me COVID for the first time. And, um, and then he ghosted me. He ghosted you? And yeah. Yep. You're was, telling me some guy who sells crazy. crystals out of an RV with his rabbit ghosts a fucking master of fine arts? <laughs> Where does this guy get the yeah, balls? That's what I'm saying. Where does this guy get the balls? <laughs> this fucking Scorpio, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. He ghosted you. So, 
Yeah. I'm never buy crystals well, he left, from Mecca. He actually, so he left his RV. He left his RV in front of my apartment. And then he took his van and left. <laughs> yeah, he left in his van to like quote go like hang out with some friends, and then he just like didn't con- like just like no contact and I was like okay you know need some space that's cool I'm still sick with COVID that he gave me but Uh, I don't care and are you caring for the rabbit while he's gone (laughs) no luckily he took the rabbit he leaves uh, the van he takes the rabbit (laughs) what's he just carrying the rabbit like a football down the block (laughs) Honestly, kind of. <laughs> I don't like this guy. Yeah, it was crazy. And then I, I showed up at my apartment like a week later and the RV was gone. And I was like, oh, he's not even going to like say words to me. And so I uh, tracked his ass down to his mom's house and let him have it. You and did. You confronted this hippie. You confronted this hippie down at his <laughs> yeah. mom's house. How's the confrontation go? It was there was a lot of crying involved, but it was okay. I it was it was for the best. But you know, I, I just it it blows my mind a little bit, and I'm still trying to come to terms with it because I've never been that sad over a boy, and I'm pretty prideful, you know, when it comes to these things. And to admit that I was that sad over a fucking crystal selling dirty hippie with a rabbit it just hurts me a little bit yeah i mean everybody's got good points and bad points but it, this does not sound like a guy that you sit around and you uh you wait you, you you know you don't waste too much time on a guy like that it sounds like yeah no no but it's okay because i'm a master of arts now and i'm getting the fuck out of here good Good. You paint an oil painting of the rabbit someday to get all your rage out. You express it through your art. No. No. You never want to think about that fucking rabbit ever again. No. No. I actually started buying my cat rabbit flavored um, cat food out of spite. What? Wait, what? (laughs) You were training your cat to love the taste of rabbit? I mean, like, when you put it like that, uh, yeah, sort of. Wow, that is passive-aggressive and dark as hell. (laughs) I thought it was funny. Wow. Yeah. We're getting some major feedback to this part. You ready? Um, yeah. Zach says crystal man checked all the boxes got it flaming kitten says I will never own a pet rabbit now because caller says it's a red flag uh, also says we will fight this <laughs> rabbit RV man for the caller and then Tib says yeah <laughs> Tib says dirty hippies selling crystals have their allure when you're coked up so there's that there's that <laughs> That's fair. To be to be fair, though, I was pretty sober when that happened. Yeah, I, think I was just and, uh, confused. And this guy was probably a real—he's <laughs> probably a pretty strikingly good-looking guy with long hair and a free spirit who traveled the country. Oh, yep. Right, probably mm-hmm. had abs and shit. Yep. It's probably one of those guys with abs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did have long hair though. No long hair. Pretty nice. A guy who owns a rabbit. No, he li- did. It was like. Oh, he did. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Typical. Typical something. Yeah, so. I don't know. Good riddance. It sounds like a. It sounds like. You know, you've said. You say you cried more in that year than any other year. But it also sounds like Mm -hmm. there was a lot of behavior that. I am not one to judge, but where you yourself have told some stories where it sounds like at times it could get out of control. And then it sounds like that all went away. 
and you're walking out of it with a degree. Yeah. And it sounds like this has been like a painful couple of years, but also a couple of years where I feel like you're probably going to look back at some point and go like, oh, well, th- that was like the hinge that my whole life turned on was those years mm-hmm. in a positive way. right? Yeah. I would like to, I hope. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a, uh, you sound thoroughly unconvinced. Pretty hard, but I feel like, I'm oh, sorry. No, I was just saying you did not sound convinced by my pitch that these were good years ultimately. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. They were really good years. I actually made, um, two really great friends that I don't know if I've ever had like, like friendship like that before. So it's, like something really great I'm taking out of it and I feel like I learned a lot about myself and like a lot of the not so great things and I think it was like the whole thing was supposed to happen you know in like some kind of weird fucked up way but I'm like pretty stoked at where I am now so and like everything's just like opening up again it's great yeah yeah I like it I like it yeah we just got about four, uh, just about four minutes left, me and you. Wow, it's crazy. Well, I just want to say thanks to the crowd because you guys have been very nice. And I'm like very thankful for whoever said we would fight the RV man because I'm here for that energy. Um, yeah, it was really great talking to you. I was like, like I said earlier, I mean, I've listened to the show forever. I feel like. I remember distinctly driving through the desert the first time I dropped out of college listening to the show, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go, you know, be a rogue artist somewhere. Good. And it's just crazy how tables have turned, and I went back to school and did all the shit, and here I am, and so finally got on the show. It's crazy. Well, I love that we got to talk. I love knowing that, listen, if you're out there listening and you're somebody who lives in an RV and sells crystals, you point that shit the opposite (laughs) direction from Pittsburgh, my friend, because you will find no friends here. These Pittsburgh people. (laughs) Yeah. They're ready to drag you out, put you in the reverse chicken wing like Bruno San Martino. Tell you we don't trifle with crystal salesmen in these parts. This is a union town. (laughs) (laughs) Caller, also a few minutes ago, I feel really bad. This is the first show this space has ever done, and I broke their mic stand in half during their first show. Oh, shit. Well, you know, you live and you learn, I guess. Get a better mic stand, I don't know. You're right, it was their fault. It wasn't my fault. You're right, it was their fault. (laughs) You're you're right. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Well, I... uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you, Chris, because, like, I love your show and I love what you do. And we're going to just do the cheesy thing that everyone does. But the show's meant, like, a lot to me. And, yeah, I hope I get to see you live one of these days soon. I hope so, too. And I hope that uh, things keep going well. I hope you get that trip to Europe that you crave. I hope that that, uh, that MFA serves you well and opens so many doors. I hope that your art sells while you're still alive to see it. I hope that you find a European guy who will love you or at least hang out. <laughs> and I, I hope everything that uh, everything that should happen does happen. That's what I hope for you. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thank you. All right. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it time? What's that? I mean, we could either hang. Oh, I was just asking, is it time? Do it's I, get to, to I mean, we could hang out or we could just ride out the next two minutes with some idle chit chat. <laughs> it felt like yeah, an ending to me, but. Chit-chat. Yeah, no, yeah, it's your show. I know it did feel like an ending, but, but um, I don't want to like let go yet. You know? Yeah, no, and I'm. The issue. Literally, the only rule is I'm not allowed to hang up, so yeah. Oh, shit. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't tell you my cat's name is Chicken, though. I feel like that was an important fact that I left out this entire time. How are you going to drop that with a minute 39 left? (laughs) Can't be naming one animal another animal. Can't be doing that. It confuses the animal. You know? Confuses the whole animal kingdom. I'm going to leave that up to your imagination. What an awful and evil thing you've done right at the end there. The cat's name is Chicken. No, that's a good name for a cat. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, we got another minute and I ten left. So. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, let's see. <sighs> Someone's just yelling know. the is word there, smallpox. Does anybody want to smallpox, dude? I'm bad at smallpox. Oh, small I talk. Like I thought they yelled small pox. Get into your life story immediately. Oh, they wanted. They didn't yell small talk know. or small pox. They wanted to know if the cat named Chicken has small paws. Oh yeah, he does. He's still a little baby. It's pretty cute. He's kind of blind. Someone okay. wants to know what the, what's the rabbit's name. Um, Bun Bun. <laughs> I didn't fucking name it. Okay, caller. And with that, our time together is officially done. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you, caller, for calling and trusting me with your story and trusting the fine people of Pittsburgh as well. And thank you to the people of Pittsburgh for coming out, supporting the show, and supporting Bottle Rocket. Great new comedy space. Check it out. Thanks to Andrea Quinn, who comes on the road with me, does the audio for the live shows. And thank you, Andrea, for sleeping on a very tiny couch in Pittsburgh. You did not have to do that. I offered. I did offer. promise you, everybody. Thanks to Anita Flores, who produces Beautiful Anonymous. Thanks to Ryan Connor for engineering theme song by Shell Shack. If you want to know more about me, including live dates, especially if you're going to be in Edinburgh, Scotland in August, where I'm doing a ton of live shows, chrisgeth.com for all of those tickets. And hey, wherever you're listening, there's a button that says subscribe or favorite or follow. It helps us so much when you hit that button. So think about doing so. If you want merch, go to podswag.com. We're talking mugs and shirts and posters and stuff. If you want your episodes ad-free, Stitcher Premium is the answer. Use the promo code STORIES to get a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. 